Welcome back. I'm Nicky Rankar, and I actually asked for people to kind of submit questions that I should answer on the podcast. So if you have anything, you can ask them because I think this will give me the ability to talk to more people. Um, and I had somebody actually. This is the question that brought up me asking for questions. Somebody said this. Hey, Nick. Could you talk about your transition from being an athlete to a coach in a post or a podcast? How has your life been different and are you happy you moved on focusing on your business instead of cashing in on your competitive dream? Thanks. Hope to see this. So that was a like, wow, I never really, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. So then I had somebody write out five questions for me to answer. And I want to do that because I think there was a lot to this and it wasn't, this was 100% my decision to step away from competing uh, while also being in a tough place to make that decision. So I'm going to go through and answer kind of five, five questions. Um, first one being, why did you decide to transition from being a competitive athlete to becoming a coach? Well, I would say I've, I've, been, I've been a coach since I was probably 18 and then opened up my first gym in 2012 when I wanted to really dive in and have a place to train all the time. So I've been a coach for, for geez, as long as I can remember and mainly like to be a teacher. But as far as the transition from being a competitive athlete to becoming a coach, in 2020, right when kind of COVID was approaching, I was training for the CrossFit Games and the qualifier was going on. I actually wanted to qualify for the games as an individual and qualify as a master because I had just won the year before and felt like I was fit enough to compete with anybody. Well, we had our basically our time to qualify for the games and I qualified and the next day they canceled masters and they canceled all ways to qualify as an individual and said you had to basically use the open and in the open I was maybe a hundredth in the world which wasn't good enough to move on but I wasn't trying to qualify through the open because um, that was never a way to do that so it was it was a weird thing so basically I sat down and was like well crap they just canceled everything I have over a year until the next games and I kind of Got in a, a hole, I would say. My wife started to get worried. I wasn't worried. It was just kind of like, what am I going to do? I, I, I didn't know what was next. And I didn't really want to work out. And I didn't want to go to the gym because I felt like if I went to the gym, it would be going against everything else, everything everybody else couldn't do because I, just because I had the key. So I would work out at home, but I'd go in the garage and just not want to train like I was. I mean, I lived in the gym. And then started having business issues where, you know, People were asking for a lot of things. I had to start dealing with that stuff. And I sat in the office with my wife and just decided, you know what, I'm going to kind of go. I had really started to dive into my online business and just started doing it more and, and it became fun. And I started just working out for fun. And, and that was kind of the beginning of this transition. So the second question, what were the biggest challenges you faced during this transition? The biggest challenges were one, my kids were getting older. So my kids were probably 11, 
and seven or eight, and they loved me competing. All their friends knew that I competed, and they just were like, oh, you got to keep competing. So having that pressure and then realizing that a lot of people were saying, well, you're good enough to compete, so why not? Like, you're <coughs> you're good enough, why not do this? And I remember there's this, there's something it's hard to explain when you're a competitor. Like, you just can't not do it. Like, I, I couldn't not train. I would wake up feeling like I missed out on training. I would, I would, I would think about it all day and that went away. I started thinking about other things. What am I going to do with the family? Traveling a little bit more, working on my business, developing as a person more than what I already was, reading more. And the fire, I'll call it, just started to fizzle. And it's hard to tell somebody like, I, I, just don't have the fire. Like I don't even want to hurt like I did. I don't want to train like I did. I just, it's not there. And I would still get people saying, but you're good enough. Like, look, you're already, you're so much stronger than everybody. You're, you're this and you're that. And they would try to explain to me how I could. And it wasn't that I didn't think I could. It was that I didn't want to. There was just no desire to. I'd had that, I'd had that, Jeez. 20 years almost of probably from when I was 16, 17 of just, I didn't know how to not do it. Like I I didn't want to train as much as I did sometimes, but I didn't know how not to. So it was nonstop. Now, third question, how has your background as an athlete influenced your coaching style and philosophy? And that's one where I don't have a whole lot of formal background in programming or exercise or any of that stuff. I, my stuff was learned by doing, it was learned by helping. I mean, I I got to work with thousands of people and have been able to work with thousands of people through Zeus method and through my gyms that I was at and just being around a lot of people that I was able to test all the time and being around of other top level athletes, I got to hear what they were doing and they got to hear what I was doing. And What it basically did is I realized that a lot of things are very simple. So when I was training, I had a philosophy of transfer of movement. That was what I would always say. Like, I want transfer of movement. And what that is to me is if I do one thing, I want to have it make 100 things better. I don't want to do one thing just to get that thing better. So I was always looking for ways to maximize what I was doing by doing one thing to make a lot of things better. So when I program... That's my goal is to make a lot of things better for other people. And my philosophy is simplicity, effective, so that we can improve the most without having to do the most. Um, Now, fourth question. What do you find most rewarding about coaching compared to competing? This is hard because competing is selfish. I would tell people all the time, I'm, this is not a, I'm not doing this for anybody except myself. This is selfish. Yes, I want people and I want my family to be proud. I want to win. I want to help support them. But it was not for them. It was something I couldn't not do. So it was very selfish. Coaching is more selfless. You're giving a lot. And sometimes in my case, I don't get to see all the the daily wins, all the little moments, because that's really where stuff happens is is in the small habits that we're creating through what we're doing and how we're doing it but getting to see the messages from people i feel like more people are excited long term when you can coach them because they can carry that longer and when you compete 
it's a moment, right? Oh, wow, look what you did. But then it's, wow, look what that person did. And then eventually you kind of, you fall back into the used to be, has been. And that was a tough thing for me was, you know, coming into coaching, it's super awesome to be able to reach a lot of people and grow businesses and and do what I love every single day. But there's still that ego in me that's like I could do it if I could figure out how to get myself fired up to do it, like get myself back into that mindset. So I struggle with my ego when it comes to not competing in coaching because I feel like I'm an athlete and I can, but I don't want to. And as a coach, I still struggle transitioning from the athlete to the coach. Uh, which is probably a good thing too because I can put myself in the position of the athlete and I can understand what it feels like to do something and not really know if it's working or to do something and feel great or to do something and just be like, did I waste my time or did I not? Or like, what am I doing? Like just all the the internal stuff that happens because it is such a selfish thing. Now, the last question. Do you have any advice for athletes considering a similar transition into coaching or another career? And the one thing that I would say is, you probably already know. You already know if you're going to transition. If you're an athlete, you already probably know you're on the way out. And that's not be, it, it's, I mean, it, you could be like a Tom Brady and it's, you just don't want to go till eventually you're like, I don't know. You know, you're just going to keep trying to keep trying to keep trying. And that's awesome. Like I, I always told people, I'm never going to retire. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to keep going in some form. And I think that you just stop wanting it the same, whether it's a job, whether it's a business, whether it's anything. I mean, I just recently sold my last brick and mortar gym and that was something that I stepped away from a couple years ago and made it into more of a business where it was operated by others. And when I sold, it was it didn't really feel any different other than now I'm not the one making the decisions. I'm not getting contacted by my coaches. I'm not having to answer certain questions. It's it's a lot different, but I already knew that that was what I was doing and wanted to do. I could have held on to it, but it wasn't something that drove me. Just like competing doesn't drive me now, but I can look back and I, I'm so proud of everything I did. The, the person that I became through it all, like how hard I pushed, even when I didn't want to, like I didn't want to train, but I had a goal so big, I couldn't not go after it. And I think that if your goal changes or what you want changes, then lean into that. Um, Find somebody who's gone through it, ask for advice. Don't try to just deal with it alone or just go through the mud, like walk with somebody because your goal might still be to stay in it, but you just might be struggling with a part of it. So for me, I look at everything and I'm like, you know what? Life changes a lot and it's okay to change with it. It's okay to make adjustments. It's okay to move on. It's okay to continue. Whatever you feel is best, that's fine. And you might end up making a change and then going back to what you were doing. That's cool. Like I could go back to competing. I wouldn't look back and say, I wish I would have never stopped because I'm right where I want to be. I'm living the life I want to live. I'm helping the people I want to help. So being able to do that you know, with an online business like Zeus Methods is awesome. So I wanted, hopefully that gives a little bit of clarity. If there's any additional questions to dive into a little bit more, I wanted to give an overview as to that transition from athlete to coach. And hopefully that gives some insight 
again, if you have any questions, shoot me an email, nick at zeusmethod.com. I'll put that in the, the show notes, which I don't really have show notes, but I'll put them down there. And I'll uh, love to hear any questions. You can comment on this. And if yeah, you have anything you want me to talk about, please send it over. And hopefully you enjoy this. This is Nick Urankar. I'm with Zeus Method, and this is the Trial and Error Podcast.